Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. Welcome to the GAR. It's on a Wednesday this week. Hello to all our YouTube uh, viewers. There's loads of you out there. I know there is. Connor and Conan are here with me in studio. We're going on a Wednesday, lads, because I'm doing a GA Jackass tomorrow. So we say we get the podcast out of the way. Um, I'm going doing wakeboarding. Have to do with jo- <laughs> oh, we're really running low on ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's at the bad time of the year. The one thing I'm actually, I think the actual GA Jackass stunt. I have to do a jump, and I'm sure I'll I'll wipe out, and it'll be hilarious and a whole lot. But Hopefully. actually, jumping into water, I think, should actually be the Jackass. Where, where is that? It's out in Grand Canal Dock. They do some sort of thing. So, so you're on the back fun. of a boat, are you? On the back of a boat, on a, like a snowboard <laughs> type. In November. In <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm running out of ideas, lad. <laughs> I really am I really am but when anyways you, when you said we were going on Wednesday I thought it was because you said you'd lost your memory before the podcast I was like oh, I'm not saying to him I don't want to trigger him anymore right so Bally Bowden played Clonkill Clon last night lads and it was a very emotional occasion Bally Bowden were very hot favourites Clonkill absolutely you know did themselves huge justice and you know showed an awful lot of character they drew with Ballyboden after normal time 117 apiece and that's obviously after that awful tragedy of Annabelle Lachlan who's Enda Lachlan's daughter and she passed away um, last weekend so like I mean it w- there were a lot of people complaining that it was on going to be on Tuesday night at all because the funeral was yesterday and like I mean Luke um, Lachlan who is a relation played and scored 1-2 after being at the funeral on the same day and I was like when I was reading the tweets about this I was like this is outrageous why are they fixing it on the same day as the funeral and it was fixed last Friday and apparently um, Clonkill agreed to it 
But I would be of the opinion that they shouldn't have to agree to it because you should ask them what are the arrangements and then you should work around that. Yeah. But as it turns out, they agreed to play it, um, which I think is saving a lot of face for Leinster Council because I don't think it should have been fixed at all for that same night. But they did, and Ballyboden gave Clon Kayla Guard of Honour after the game, you know, and there was a nice tribute to Annabelle on the scoreboard after the game. And Clonkill can hold their heads up high. Yeah, like it was very, it was very emotional night, and even just reading around some of the the story of Annabelle and some of the quotes of Enda talking at the funeral, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking yeah. stuff. Mm. And like it was one of those nights where hurling wasn't really important. There's some lovely pictures as well of the Ballyboden lads um, sympathising with. Is it Luke? Luke Lachlan. Luke Lachlan, yeah, and he's a, a Westmead footballer as well. He's yeah. on the senior team. And they said that um, he gave a speech beforehand, and he said that Enda um, Annabelle's dad said to tell the boys to do it for him and the family. So, and he said to tear into them on the night. So, yeah, like a massive character because you can only imagine how difficult that was on the day of the funeral itself. Yeah, but it was good. Ballyboden actually contacted him as far as I know and asked him, did they want to change it? And Clonkill said they go ahead. So that was good at Ballyboden as well yeah it was very good at Ballyboden Ballyboden obviously a brilliant club and proved themselves to be that last night um, the, Ke- the Clonkill manager Kevin O'Brien tweeted after the game I hope we did end and his family proud and I think it's very obvious the answer to that so congratulations to Clonkill and uh, commiserations and all our thoughts are with the Lachlan family um, to move on lads uh, Rory Began is kind of been spoken about since so we left Rory Began the Cluxton debate off this show last week I purposely did not put it in because I had beef with all the other stuff. (laughs) 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 And you can't have beef. And last year at the podcast... Uh, we defended Cluxton uh, against Clark we thought it was unfair that it was such a close call and he had lost it the year before to Clark that it was very very unfair on Cluxton not to win it last year I didn't think it was close enough this year to Began had a bigger impact he was braver and there's stats out in the Irish news now and Catter O'Kane has crunched the numbers and he deserves a lot of credit for wherever he got all his stats from but to kind of to basically leave you in no doubt who deserved the All-Star this year and like you can talk about opinion opinion is nothing when you have the actual stats down right so the boat had 158 or Began had 158 kickouts Cluxton 159 incredibly close <laughs> yeah, like, I mean yeah, there's not yeah. even you don't even have to do any sort of percentages here <laughs> so percentage of kickouts won Began had 87% Cluxton 85 not much between them there kickouts lost 12 and 14 again we're not reading an, into any of that the big one for me is uncontested kickouts um, uncontested kickouts so uh, Rory Began had 76 so 48% of his kickouts were uncontested so it's just Clubs, kicking it to a free man that's right? kicking it to a, a, a free man who's not being marked right and this is what I said a lot about Cluxton that now he's taking the easy tap to the cornerback he's no problem he just wants to keep possession and that's fine there's no skill in that right so Cluxton's uncontested kickouts are at 71% so immediately there Began has a huge advantage so he's only on 48% uncontested Cluxton is tapping it to a man not being marked 71% of the time like I mean that's a huge huge thing so then contested kickouts uh, 51% is for Began and only 29% and I thought the big one as well was so when you go to percentage of contested kickouts one right Began is at 75%. Mm. So when he's going contested kickouts, and we know Began is very aggressive on these contested kickouts, he's putting them out into space a lot of the time. They're contested, even other ones with somebody up behind you. He's at 75% success with contested kickouts. Um, 
whereas Cluxton is only at 52% that contested which I was a bit surprised at mm. there like I mean so like you can have your opinion and stats hopefully will back up your opinion and thankfully that's what ha- <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what's after happening here because yeah. if they if the stats disagreed with your opinion you're like Jesus I, I'm obviously missing something as I'm watching these games and it, it, I, there's no there, there's no uh, c- competition for me now so they both conceded six goals errors leading to goals Rory Began one Cluxton two so Cluxton obviously had the error against Comer and he had an error against Offaly in Amore Park which was a hammering so it wouldn't have got much publicity it was another high ball that's always been a weakness of Cluxton and I don't see how teams don't use him more Began's big uh, error was against Fermanagh uh, leading to goals he obviously had the big error as well where he booted the ball away against Tyrone and like that can't be ignored either it was an awful kind of brain fart mm. otherwise but 45 not, metres out there but that, <laughs> that's not goalkeeping yeah. that yeah. was do you know what I mean that's not goalkeeping for me then again you could argue that his frees aren't goalkeeping but a lot of goalkeepers do them now they almost have become mm. a part of goalkeeper are an extra string to your bow but kicking last minute spectacular winning points are not really this kind yeah, of stock yeah. kind of function of a goalkeeper yeah like Cluxton hasn't done anything equivalent to sort of put him ahead of Began exactly. in that front yeah like I do feel a little sympathy for Cluxton I think Began deserved it and like the stats prove the contested kickouts I thought he is he has become the best kicker in Ireland off the ground anyway not saying a lot because of who Cluxton is but I think Cluxton's brief is just to get the ball to the man exactly no mm. matter where he is if it's a cornerback Dublin just want the ball in their hands and then they'll start playing and so he just takes the easy uncontested kick out not because he's afraid to go for it but just because yeah. that's what he has to and do and another thing is that the the teams might not press up as aggressively mm. they might almost give Cluxton the cornerback yeah. rather than have Cluxton punish you further yeah. up the field yeah. and yeah. Began almost doesn't have that level of respect that Cluxton has so like I mean there's there other factors working against Cluxton here you know as to why he's just tapping at the corner back and tapping at the corner back is working against him yeah that's it but with, the, with the contested kickouts as well a lot of that kind of owes to the kickout strategy for the various teams so like while a lot of teams give Dublin the kickouts because they're probably going to get it away anyway you have to give them credit for the fact that he can get 70% uncontested kickouts away do you know what I mean but that's that's it I mean like I suppose what the stat we didn't mention there as well I know that you said that kicking freeze isn't necessarily goalkeeping but when you kick 18 points in the championship that's a pretty big deal for a yeah. keeper as well but it, it all comes back to like I think we, we, we touched on this last week that the thing that was being held in Stephen Cluxton's favour was like can you tell me that in the last five years has there been a better keeper than Stephen Cluxton well no there hadn't but was he the best keeper last year no Rory Began was so that should have been the end of the debate but as you said it's good when you have the stats to just back it up yeah no definitely and like I mean Carol Kane spoke in the piece as well about using goalkeepers and that's what we talked an awful lot we predicted a big year for goalkeepers at the start of this league didn't really work outside of Graham Brody like spectacular goalkeepers and he used an example of the Australian rules which I hadn't I don't pay an awful lot of attention to the Australian rules but he was saying that the Australians used their goalkeeper to mark the corner forward Mm. and led an extra man up the field as an overlap and when you think about it right you obviously can't do this in soccer because goalkeeper has unique um, ability to catch the ball and can do things other players can't in GEA every outfield player can do the function of a goalkeeper there's nothing to prohibit an outfield player doing the, the role of a goalkeeper so if the goalkeeper pushes up into a full back position full back to centre back and suddenly you've got an extra man up the field there's no real mm. risk to that because yeah. you're just falling one yeah. back yeah. and why are we not getting to the point where we see because often you think with Graham Brody, while it's extremely exciting it looks a little bit random at times as well like I mean he'll take when he takes a short kick out and goes for the return that's not random and that's a good tactic 
but like sending him off maybe without the ball while or sending the full back off without the ball while he marks a full yeah, back yeah. we've not really seen you know kind of very obvious tactic of using yeah. your cornerback or losing your goalkeeper as a as a full back yeah and I did think sometimes that Graham Brody was almost doing it for the sake of it he was getting on the ball but not really making any ground because like people knew that what he was doing like you know so they all backed off him whereas if he had to let somebody else push on then somebody would have been free yeah. and the whole team would have had a pushback but it can be difficult with the more defensive systems if all these new rules come in and the, the game goes back to a more uh, man on man game well then the goalkeeper can cause all sorts of problems yeah mm. but that, like that's something like the way Bacon plays and it's something that Cahir mentioned it, it should be counted because he is an extra man for Monaghan we've seen him set up like be the quarterback sometimes like come yeah. out and get the ball and Cluxton has stopped doing that as much as he probably used to like where it's just Dublin or just going forward but again maybe he's just a victim of how good and efficient Dublin are I and, think, and another thing that needs to be pointed out about Cluxton is that Cluxton does not have an ego now we know he does no media I don't really care about that media but like I mean what Cluxton does to happen to, to the corner back there's no huge skill involved in that I could do that I, any of the three of us could do that right he's tapping at the corner back but Cluxton has such an array of kick passing it's almost like telling a corner forward don't score just lay it off do you know what I mean he's just doing a simple thing and not showcasing the talent that we know he has for his team do you know what I mean he's sacrificing all stars for his team because that's the instruction and for a man that has done what he has in the game you know you you almost forgive him and say Jim I want to kick a few more out like I mean yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm losing out on all stars yeah. here but look Cluxton doesn't do that and it's a sacrifice do you understand how good I am Jim <laughs> look, 10 years ago with Shane Ryan Kieran Wheel and I was whacking the wings yeah. with these this is insulting to me <laughs> but yeah I think that should be pointed out and uh, what do you what do you think of the Clark Cluxton one in the second year Connor? we didn't have you on the podcast no, you're I, up green, green and red I, I, thought, I thought over the two years I thought between the two years Clark shouldn't have got it two years in a row and I think even when you go back to 2016 like you can't get away from the fact that Clark was actually dropped for the second game yeah and I, I know there was a specific goalkeeping issue but then I know there see that because they're voted for because well they were voted for for the players of the year sorry and Clark was on the list for 2017 but it's just I know there was an element of tokenism about it and like I, I hate saying that as a Mayo fan because David Clark was brilliant as well but it's just that like oh Cluxton has won so many already he's won the All-Ireland so nearly give it to David Clark like it, there wasn't much in it but I would have given it to Cluxton as well yeah no I think that's fair and you know there'd be no debates now if Cluxton had just got one of those two because it does look bad that he yeah. hasn't got one since 2013 you know it <laughs> so does like yeah. it's it is it's outrageous yeah. really um, we're not going to fall into the same trap of Willie's the best goalie in Ireland um, so the new kick out rule Conan you will be very happy with this um, so it's being tweaked and I think this you know the, everybody should get a lot of the standing committee on playing rules should get a lot of credit for this because they said they're proposals yeah. they're not set in stone they needed to be trialled they needed to be tweaked and refined and made better through you know practice so um, the Sun is reporting this that the proposed new rule um, oh yeah so they're, they're reportedly thinking of proposed changes to the football kick out relaxing the restriction of number of players allowed between the 45 metre lines so the Sun is reporting that it has been trialled in college games and 
it's led to the conclusion that policing the zones was impractical and there should be no limit on the number of players between the lines now you deserve credit here Conan because you called this straight away I tried to argue that it's well well manageable but they're after trialling it and as it turns out I don't say this very often you were right and I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to let as many oh. as <laughs> savour that for a second <laughs> just retire now <laughs> so they're going to let as many out between the 245s the only difference now is that they're, instead of the kick out going from the 13 metre line it's going to go from the 20 so if you if I don't care if you're a junior goalie if you can't get from 20 to 45 <laughs> even you can get there Conan and then no well, hang on a second <laughs> so we'll throw this to you Conan are you happy with this now yeah like as I said like at the time as well I was looking at this just thinking it wasn't like a mad against change I was just looking at it thinking I don't think this is going to work like, and I like the tweet somebody sent to censor your argument whether David or Owen Merchant and David Moran would skin each other was absolutely pointless yeah. <laughs> which it turns out it was it <laughs> probably was pointless all along but yeah like I think bringing it to the 20 metre line like not only does it help you reach the 45 but it sort of negates another 10 metres that you can't kick it short and 10 metres the whole way across the pitch so it's a big area like, so you're it's a big area mm-hmm. and think of how an aggressive kicker can get like Began can reach the far yeah. foot it over <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you highlighted you know I mean? the square in, uh, in Crow Park didn't you how, like how, how much of yeah. an area was going to be it looked absolutely massive yeah but like now like, all it is really is that you have to kick it beyond the 45 which is good and like I I know that uh, when you had David Hassan on he was talking about um, that Jack McCaffrey play and he would have Cluxton kicked it to Jack McCaffrey down the wing but we couldn't have seen that if Jack McCaffrey wasn't allowed inside the 45 initially you know but now he is allowed inside the 45 so he can still play that lovely pass and yeah. I do think the evolution of goalkeepers has been some of the best like thing we've seen in Gaelic football over the last seven years so yeah. this is sort of preserving it a little bit and if the if this rule had been in in 2015 2016 Mayo would be all in champions because Henley wouldn't have oh, replaced Clark me, and he, would have, <laughs> he would never have given away that penalty and Mayo would be all in champions yeah, that's true but then they brought Robbie Henley in specifically for a type of kick out and Lee Keegan wouldn't have got his goal so I'm going to leave it at that ok right oh did it lead to Lee Keegan's Lee goal Lee Keegan's Henley? goal yeah, did, see, yeah that was never talked about was it uh, now, yeah, Martin, yeah, yeah. now Martin Brettany what do, you, what do you mean by that interestingly remember they did that revised rules tournament last week down in Dunshockland oh, yeah. and we had one of the guys Mick Corey uh, in the office like ringing the secretary in Dunshockland to see how it went and he said the only thing they really had an issue with was the three hand passes he said some refs and the players were just getting confused maybe it's just teasing problems I'm not accepting that one I will not, <laughs> no I have to see that with I'm my own two eyes. I'm not, I'm not giving an opinion <laughs> alright so Michal Martin has been talking about the GA fixtures um, not the Michal Martin that you might think it's Michal Martin um, he's chairman of the GA Fixtures Review Committee. So he's talking about, see, it's been mooted for a long time about completing the all the year's fixtures in 12 months. And Porrick Duffy uh, supported that. I strongly, strongly support it. Jesus Christ, oh, Port Leach could be all in club champions in 04 05 had we not had that 13 week break and me piss off <laughs> for <laughs> seven <laughs> weeks, seven weeks. <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh. I shouldn't even laugh. He was I, the captain as well. I, I deeply regret that now. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, the 12 months thing makes sense to me. It's closure on a year and it's starting a new year. And like, I mean, any proposal that is worth its salt should have the whole year finishing up in, in the same year so he's saying that it's not possible he's saying that it's too tight a time frame for dual counties and that 13 month seasons <laughs> would be more feasible <laughs> see I w- don't know if, if Michal Martin every time I see Michal Martin I just think of Fianna Fáil mm. <laughs> leader but maybe he's talking under the current 
inter-county season like I mean because any restructure that I would like would have the inter-county season over at the end of July the CPA agree on that and then you have that maybe you would buy back your extra month there you know rather than if it's if if I do agree that finishing the inter-county season at the end of August you're probably pushing to get All-Ireland finals on it's absolutely doable Mm. it's just the two All-Ireland champions if they're dual counties if tip Tip win the hurling, for example, and it holds up their football. Hmm. They're really struggling to get that done. I'd say, you know, by by the by the end of the year. But like, I mean, I don't know, thirteen months or that. What are they got? What are they? What are they going to get done in an extra month that they can't do in twelve months? It seems like it would be easy enough to just pack in like four weeks into an end of the year rather than adding another month on. I, I saw him on as well about moving the club finals back to January. Why, I, I don't know why they couldn't be moved back to December just within the calendar year there seems to be a reluctance to move dates like that move the club finals away from St. Pat- from St. Patrick's Day as there was to move the All-Ireland finals away from September mm-hmm. but like it's just while there's an element to that like you kind of miss the finals in September but you'll get over that within a couple of years and as long as it makes sense within the calendar Yeah the, the, the thing about the All-Ireland finals in St. Patrick's Day are completely not doable anymore I prefer them in January than the March even though it is a nice tradition but the way the leagues are now it's just a mess there's too much yeah going on then and we saw with with uh, Malai from Corrafin rushing mm. off from an all in semi-final you have Club you have Inter-County and you have Sigerson. it's too much yeah. and Malai never got back in never got back in with Galway you know really because he had been with with his club for too long and only Ian Burke from Corrafin yeah. amazingly yeah. was on the Galway team why is that you know because they're bloody slogging away with their club for too long missed the whole league mm. they got to a league final and they're, they're playing catch up how, how do you feel though about playing like if you were in a club and you got the all Ireland final and you're playing your most important game ever in December or January now I know we can't have all the finals in yeah, September if you're playing in Crow Park it's different I, I would say Crow Park different. pitch would be perfect that's yeah. one yeah. thing and another thing is you play your provincial final which isn't to be sniffed at like if that, for, for any club a provincial final and an Ireland final like, is there much difference there's still huge occasions oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And still, so it's okay for the provincial final to be played on the 8th of December but if everything moves back and that happens to be the All Ireland final. That's all you know. Yeah. And played in Crow Park on a perfect pitch. I don't think there's a problem. I, 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 with think, that. Like, I think. <laughs> it, yeah, I think it nearly suffers as well because once uh, once the turn of the year, the national league has started and focus has kind of shifted to that. Goes away. Whereas at the moment, the, it's real buzz yeah, about provincial momentum. Like, yeah, it loses yeah. all momentum with supporters. We did a live show before the All Ireland club. Um, finals last year in Coppers yeah. and it was our worst attended live show and I was thinking like I mean there was four teams involved and it was a good lineup. and I was just thinking like there's no real interest here yeah. Yeah. but there is now when you hit past provincial and that's exactly like what happened to me going off to Thailand I, I had 12-13 weeks to punch in yeah. in my head I was like I can do everything here this is like yeah. I, you know this is perfect you know I can do whatever I want for yeah. seven weeks and come back and you know it wasn't a reality and before the club all in a final you only have four games in three months that's across both hurling and football so you have four semi-finals in three months from December January February March so the momentum is gone completely and we're all just raving about the league again. yeah mm. exactly just another thing Michal Martin said right so he's talking about um, the shortening the season he's talking about the whole thing so he says everything has to be balanced against the promotional aspect of the game we got quite positive feedback to the April window at our May seminar despite the weather having been poor the picture you get might be different than what we get next month but every county is so different but I'll tell you what annoys me right and that's this exact line here and it's trotted out all the time the promotional aspect of the game and this is why the 
there was such opposition to the All-Ireland's been moved from September there's such opposition there will be opposition if you ever want to shorten it into January we're losing promotional aspects of the game but RT do no uh, GA sell RT only highlights rights on a Sunday night Sky don't use their highlights rights they don't promote the game in any way even mm-hmm. when the championship's on so why is that just completely brushed but all this promotional aspect of the game none of them c- cover the club only TG4 yeah. where's the promotional aspect of the club the grassroots yeah. like if you're worried about the promotional aspect of the game look at bloody Ballyea and Ballygunner and have a Sunday game that night and demand that your rights holders promote this game then you're not losing out on promotional aspect yeah. because I'll tell you what's, whatever the week before there was um, there was uh, the, the Classico there was Everton Manchester United and there was a hurling game now fair enough that's going to struggle against those but last weekend that Ballier Bally Gunner that trumped anything else that went mm. on Sunday but it was on TG4 you know or TG Cahar and there was no big deal that night trust me provincial club matches can keep the promotional aspect of the game going but give them the, the give them the prestige that they deserve finish it in the calendar year when the inter-county finishes at the end of July promote the club now we're club now we're in the club season and then when county finals finish let's make a big deal out of all the provincial yeah. clubs and like I mean I don't see you losing any promotional aspect it can get really big really big I think that can be said for anything like you know like if they promoted the National League properly and stopped telling well, people it is, it's a yeah. secondary yeah but I mean like it's a whole like like look at Sky what they do with the Premier League yeah. know, it's different but if we stop telling people the National League doesn't matter and it's all about championship promote it and tell them it's a big deal and then if you build it people will come I strongly believe in October, November if you put it on people will come mm. uh, for example the podcast numbers here last year we just did one show a year during the club and now this year we're doing two and the numbers have gone up rather than go down do you know that you would think maybe doing two you might dilute them across the week they haven't they're actually stronger doing it twice than they were doing it once yeah. like I mean it, it, put it on and they, yeah, and they will come yeah. um, Eamon O'Hara isn't a happy camper lad so he had to drop Keen Surlis Keen's only a minor so I probably pronounced that name wrong everyone keeps tweeting me uh, pronunciations <laughs> <laughs> there was two after last Monday it's terrible like I mean the amount of pronunciations I'm getting wrong Keen Surlis um, he's a minor, right? So, Ke- Eamon O'Hara is the manager of Toral Strand. Toral Strand? <laughs> Toral Strand, I think. Toral Strand, yeah. And they lost to Ballantubber in the Connacht Club only by a point. So, he's very disappointed with the Connacht Council. So, he says, You talk about player welfare and everything. This is Eamon. I had a discussion with one of the guys from the Connacht Council, and for him to say that minors don't reflect what happens at senior level is a complete disgrace. It's a complete narrow, narrow mindedness that is out there. So Keane Surlis is a minor and he had played two minor provincial matches the week leading up to the Ballantubber game. So he played on the Wednesday and the Friday. Now I didn't even know provincial minor matches were a thing. They weren't a thing in my day anyways but uh, Conan tells me that they're a thing in, in Ulster and they're obviously a thing in Connacht mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think that's ridiculous anyways. That It's it, very recent it, I think. It's very recent yeah, and they're just so. adding to the fixture chaos. So this Keane uh, he said that he's down in UL and he's trying to get on the Freshers team and since the county final in the two weeks between the county final and the Ballantubber game he played six games so like Eamon O'Hara deserves a lot of credit for resting this young fella in a game that he ended up only losing by a point you know but like mm. I mean it's hard to know what to say about this because I can see from the Connacht Council if they keep holding up senior games yeah. for minor games how can they run off competitions and then on the other flip side of it like uh, Eamon says 
in rural clubs right now teams are scraping to get minors you know they need their minors yeah yeah. yeah. so like I mean see this is how the GEA fixtures get so complicated because if, if they had held up that minor game or senior game for this we'd be like yeah sure it'll never be played off yeah. and then they don't they play a minor and say look well you're just going to have to take the hit that he's a minor and he sh- you shouldn't be we can't hold up these games for him Dan Eamon's given out that he doesn't have him for a senior team yeah. so I don't know the solution to that Was the guy from the Connor Council trying to make the point that he should be okay to play the senior game because senior doesn't reflect what goes on at minor is that what he was trying I to say? I would hope not I would yeah, ho- I mean. I would, That'd I would be hope the Connor Council fellow was saying look minors shouldn't be holding up seniors yeah. that they should be the, you shouldn't even be playing him Eamon O'Hara wanted to play the, want, there was a free space I think this week this week after the game for, for the Friday, play the minor game well he played the minor game on the Wednesday and the Friday he wanted the Friday minor game to be moved to the following week yeah. which isn't the most outlandish that request seems reasonable seems yeah. reasonable but, but they didn't do it but big decision by Eamon O'Hara because well like first of all fair play to him for looking after his welfare but uh, the same guy uh, but lost by, or Torres Strand lost by a point for a start the same guy Keane Serlis scored 1-1 from corner back in the county final he was just looking up there so he's obviously he's obviously pretty handy right. so, and obviously would have made a big difference too because I think a couple of prominent Torla Strand players ended up getting injured early in the game too so that was a big decision for him and a hard to make because he probably knew that the game was going to be so close and somebody like him could have made a, made a big difference like. Yeah, and like, I mean he does deserve a lot of credit for taking his welfare because a lot of managers just play this young fellow yeah. ah, he's young enough he'll recover yeah, yeah. he didn't do it it's a very it's a very hard one though because the equivalent to Keane Serlis in another county maybe like Galway is he plays Hurling as well and you know he's playing for all these age groups at Hurling and it screws it up we see examples in Tip and different counties mm. where it yeah. just turns into a mess and I can see where Connacht are coming from. like what can they do about that like if you're going to play him on these different age groups and I know Keane's not doing it but if there's an all equivalent I remember Mark Lynch is playing hurling for under 16s minors and seniors same with football same with school yeah do you know like what do you do about it and maybe well, that's why is that not what you do with it is that's why the under 17 has been moved to under 17 under 17s are precluded from playing senior level so it's stopped this minors yeah. holding up senior championships so we're getting there in a sense but like if, if Keane Serlis is still going to be playing for his minors and seniors like Connacht are in a tough position like these, these games have to be run Do, does the club might maybe just prioritise and say listen the game against Ballantubber is more important like the, the Connacht minor game would be class but at the end of the day, this is what he, this is what we're bringing him through for. They play in Connacht Senior Football yeah. Championship. Unless they, 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 I didn't look into it enough, they must have been hoping to get to a final or something because you would imagine that the senior would trump the minor. Yeah, because the idea of having good underage players is to get them to senior and have the product there. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's an interesting one. It's de- it, it definitely paints, gives you an idea of the difficulties that the, it is complex. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah. complex to GA mm-hmm. fixtures. Um, there's no doubt about that. There's some news in Kildare here, lads, and there's some good and bad news for Kildare. We know two selectors have moved on, and we know two new ones, including Tom Cribben, have moved in into their place. So it looks like Owen Flaherty who would have been one of the main forwards during Kier McGinney's uh, reign he's going to come back into the squad he's only 29 so he's been, he'd been around for so long you would think he would have been older he was on the freeze um, for a lot of years um, so that good news is kind of being offset by the news that Johnny Byrne their wing back he's, he's not going to be on the panel next year he says uh, he faces new challenges in the coming months and goals to fulfil that will require 100% from me so you can just presume maybe that's something to do with his work or mm. something like that he's been a little bit vague um, about what that is Mick O'Grady is going travelling so 
the two of them are out two starters and now there's speculation that Daniel Flynn might opt off the squad as well so Daniel Flynn has said I'll be playing I'll be playing with the college for the next few weeks and thinking things over I haven't decided either way at this point I have to say when I read Daniel Flynn Night Might Be Around I was pissed off yeah. Yeah. I love Daniel Flynn I love watching yeah. him we had him on the show I really like him as a as an interviewee I won't say as a person because I don't know him but he was great <laughs> as an interviewee real natural fella and I'd be he's such an exciting player I'm like Jesus Daniel you're just coming off an all-star nomination yeah. just keep going Kildare done we- did well and uh, like I imagine being a manager after trying to build on a good year and then lose Johnny Byrne uh, Mick O'Grady and Daniel Flynn from your starting yeah. team it, it'd be yeah. just so demoralising wouldn't it even just going on the interview that you did with him earlier near, he seems like a very kind of uh, independent minded fella as well so while some people if they think about travelling the county manager might be like oh no no hang around hang around and then they might be okay well, I won't go but Daniel Flynn strikes me the kind of guy that if he makes a decision he kind of stick to it so like it'd be a pity to, it'd be a pity if we miss him for the year but like at the same time can you blame these lads when, like, with the with the schedule they want to do for a year, and it's all well and good to say, "Oh, wait till the end of your career." But circumstances, no more than Johnny Byrne there, like your job, like yeah. family, they they might dictate that you mightn't be get the chance to do it later in the year. And if you take a year out, come back, even like Owen Flaherty there, rejuvenated and refreshed. So, pity to see Daniel Flynn uh, if he does go, but uh, like hard to blame him at the same time. Hard to blame him when the ERSI report has come out and said that they're looking at thirty-one hours outside of their own jobs. Yeah. And then you yeah. start thinking, ah, gee, you know, that's a lot. Even though players said that they're happy enough to do it, it's still a huge, huge commitment. And like, I know I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Like, I mean, it's just I wouldn't be able to do it. I could do it for a year and make a big push. Hope, hopefully, things go well for me this year. And I might have to take. A, you'd have to take a year off. Mm. Yeah. Very, I don't know how to do it. And you look, especially from Daniel Flynn, very, very, very outside chance of winning a Leinster. No chance of winning an All Ireland. So what's he going to do it for? <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I'm not saying even championship structures they'll be in Division 1 Kildare anyways. It's not like we're saying well they'd win no, a Division yeah, 2. He's still going to struggle to win something. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of bloody work. You know, maybe he wants to play with Johnstown Bridge and like how they don't do well at club level or haven't won one I don't know. I don't, I don't and maybe he's in his last year in Minute anyways and he, he just wants to study. So like I mean Look, as a fan, I'm massively disappointed yeah. if he does it. I don't want to put pressure on the poor fella because it's his life, which yeah. is a lot more important. I don't think you should put any pressure on somebody like that who's talking that way. Like, just give them, give them a couple of months off. Like, I, I don't know about you, but like, I've never played county, but sometimes when I get to the end of the season, it's this club. I just be like, ah. Oh. I can't wait for this thing to be over. Like and you just you get sick of seeing the same faces and like having somebody else dictate your time the whole. So you're looking forward to the whole thing being over. You nearly half retire yeah. at the end of every season. Like you know, so you just need a few weeks or months just away. And then from after the break, career and to go oh, again. You're mad yeah. for it again. Yeah. Like you know, new so year, yeah. just give him some space. Like and listen, Kildare aren't supposed to be training until the start of December anyway, so it should be fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're back training on the eighth of December yeah. when they're out in the World Cup. <laughs> so maybe maybe Daniel's a bit like I'm not entertaining that. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> let's just uh, let's let this decision tide me over until uh, next January so this this is a new news uh, Maddie Kenny uh, was announced as the Dublin hurling manager and Maddie Kenny obviously managed Kula to two All-Irelands but he also managed uh, Galway's under-21s to an All-Ireland and he was a selector with Jer Cunningham who this has a knock-on effect um, towards so that was in 2012 he was a selector with Cunningham so Cunningham now is in the race to 
get the Roscommon job so Cunningham obviously hasn't much of an ego because he knows publicly he's down yeah. about 10th or 11th <laughs> on the list and he's like yeah. I don't really mind I'll take it yeah. so Cunningham's more known as a hurling manager but he did manage Gary Castle to an all Ireland club uh, final appearance in 2012 they beat St Bridget's in the final of that so absolutely shocked St Bridget's who had beaten us after extra time in the semi-final so like I mean that was a huge win and then they went on to beat St Bridget's in the all in semi-final and drew across McGlenn in the final so he has a very good record mm. on that evidence Gary Castle are no you know schmucks at club level anyways but that was a big achievement for him to do that um, it looks like he's going to be the Roscommon manager so that's it so I don't know why have we talked about Roscommon we must have Connor. why they're not an attractive job for people oh, yeah we talked about before um, when well, uh, maybe we, when we mentioned uh, Aidan O'Rourke was in for the job there last uh, oh, like yeah. a couple of weeks ago and it looked on the verge that he was going to get it and he had a very good team in place with him he had actually Carl Lacey as coach well, he Mike didn't commit in time See, that, that must have been it yeah but like I, I, I just wonder how Roscommon are going to sell this because it's it's with all due respect to Anthony Cunningham it is clear that he's he's, he's well down the list you so were the first yeah. person on our list do they say that because in well, it's fake news that covers everything. Now. <laughs> fake news, Anthony. Go on the Trump route, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you can get away with anything yeah. now. Fake news and fake news media. Listen, Anthony, you were the very first on the list. Yeah. Look, here's the list. You were first on it. Whole lot of scratched There's out no names. But like, I mean, that that that's the thing. Like, I mean, am I allowed to say this? But like, I mean, the idea always is that Ross Common have a huge financial backer. Is that not is that out there or is no or am I just I'm, uh, I'm not sure That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me sorry wasn't, uh, wasn't Kevin McStay giving out about the finances there lately though and yeah. saying that like how like he was saying that like it cost them so much per training session but I mean backer I mean down. backer is in the manager is in brown paper oh. uh, envelope under the table backer <laughs> give us the answer <laughs> oh, <hey. laughs> not going to shed any light on the situation I thought I thought when you mentioned about a backer that was providing all those big buses for them and all that sort of stuff no because uh, that's what I was Maybe they, they obviously don't because, like, I mean, if they had this backer that I thought they had, then they wouldn't be struggling to get a manager. There would be yeah. like a queue of managers looking to do it. So it looks maybe Anthony Cunningham. Just on Maddie Kenny is that Mark Schutte, Colm Cronin, and Paul Schutte are all All Ireland winners, double All Ireland winners with Kula, and none of the three of them have committed to the hurlers. So there'll be three huge additions to the Dublin hurlers if. Maddie Kenny can get them on board you'd imagine that he would although Mark Schutte who's a brilliant brilliant hurler has just been bench warming with the footballers for the yeah. last few years yeah. which I find bizarre um, he must be enjoying just the A versus B games at the weekends <laughs> like I mean that's the, like they're, they're obviously very competitive games um, and that must be what he's training for towards because I cannot comprehend people who train and I hate some trainings you don't mind but you're always training and you're convincing yourself doing the hard running well this will this will really work in my favour with 10 minutes to go in the match and I'd always constantly be telling myself this this worth doing it's worth doing this and I never felt more confident on a football field than when I was flying fit because I knew I'd play well if, I, if mm. you're flying mm. fit you're in completely in control of your own performance yeah. but all this psychology is is based on the fact that you're going to start that game Yeah. if you're not, if you've no notion of getting on mm. the game why the hell are you training? <laughs> Honestly, like that was always what I had my lived my kind of football life by. That being on the team, it, what's the point otherwise? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Honestly, I know it's a panel game now, but what is the point in doing those runs and breaking your balls and and doing the gym work? And what's trying to mo- what gets you over that last bench press to push that up? Nothing if you're not on the team. 
you'll push it up if you're like well I need to get you know I, I need to push this because this is going to this is money in the bank what's the point if you're not yeah. in the you must have never given the it's a 30 man game speech ah, nonsense. <laughs> it's, I used to remember like I was such a starting 15 snob I'd barely even talk to some of the folks <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was the ultimate snob so I was wrote on, the, wrote on the website last year like we'd win a county final and do you know the way all the subs run in onto the yeah. field like, I, I wouldn't even you haven't even put Who your hands <laughs> no one's ever heard of you but genuinely now, I don't want to be too disrespectful of subs because I got a bit of a backlash but I genuinely didn't want to ignore the subs but I absolutely wanted to go around to the fellas that might have kicked a point or did a block down they're the ones I wanted to hug I didn't want to be surrounded by fellas who hadn't gotten on the field is that terrible? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there, there are a lot of subs here on a trajectory who are you know, trying to push in and they will eventually so that's where the last bench press gets them but I know what you mean there's a lot of guys that's what gets them right who are just far outs that probably won't ever get in yeah. like, and that's basically tough. Mark Schutte on the Dublin footballers I don't want to be dis- disrespectful to Mark Schutte because he's a, he's a stonewall starter on the hurlers that's why I can't comprehend it I'd always be one for play like will you be a sub on the senior team or a starter on the intermediates I'd pick intermediate starter any day of the week any day of the week mm. I want to play I want to enjoy it so anyways this I'm after completely kind of <laughs> losing my track this is Mark Shooter. you'd love to see him back with the with the hurlers Colin Cronin and Paul Shooter as well Conor Callaghan can Matty Kenny work no. the oracle and get Con <laughs> get Con back into the mix on the hurlers probably not but like I mean I'd love just a directive to all the Dublin jewel fellas just go back play with the hurlers for one year when they win how many footballs will sate their appetite how many will they need if they go into five, five in a row, in a row yeah. we'll, we'll make Kenny, a deal yeah. we'll make a deal with Kieran <laughs> Kilkenny Connor Callaghan and these lads now who, who, what, other, what other ones Get are McConnelly back Cormac Costello is another one Dear McConnelly I'm not sh- sure is he inter-county jewel standard is he oh, absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways we can make a deal with these fellas that if you win five in a row you'll give the Dublin hurlers one year wouldn't it be great that they just became a, a dual county like you know and just started letting both play for both teams and really sort of leading the way in that sense then like so Conor Callahan was playing for the hurlers and the footballers and they just worked it between themselves yeah the day the dual man is gone Conan yeah. we know that anyways we're going to talk to a dual man next that's a good segue Conan <laughs> you set me up for so we'll talk to Port Leach's Catter Healy and that's next yeah, somebody said it's as ugly as Marty Morrissey the football <laughs> We body in fairness, he wouldn't know a penalty if it bit him in the arse. I mean. What is the point of this? They swear allegiance to the cult of Cairn. But I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. Is managing Mead at some stage in for the rest of your life a pebble in your shoe that you want to get out? <laughs> no, I think I've got over that. <laughs> Have you? Uh, if, if I went to do that, sure, who'd keep Manners and Joe Brady on the Sunday game? And <laughs> you couldn't expose the nation to him on his own, could you? Alright, so probably the busiest man in the country at this time of the year is Port Leash's Catter Healy, who plays Jewel for Port Leash and lives in London. Um, I think you're back eight weeks in a row, Catter, uh, leading up to the two county finals. How are you holding up? Um, yeah, I think something like that anyway, Wooly. Yeah. Um, I'm holding up, Brand. I had a, I had a weekend off from it after the, the football final, so back to the grind now again. I was home, home last two weekends ago, home for the hurling last week and coming home again this week, so it's all go. Yeah, it's definitely all good. There's no doubt. You ru- you rushed off back to London after the county football final. Uh, one of the lads was saying to me, so you missed all the celebrations and the Odemsey's lads and everything coming in. 
Yeah, killer, killer stuff. Um, you know, I, I was nearly getting in a bad mood getting on the plane. You know, the kind of the buzz, of, the buzz of the county final was nearly been worn off by missing out on the celebrations. It was, I was getting in a bad mood going back. But uh, over here, you can't really say to an employer, she, they wouldn't understand if you said, uh, "Well, we had a hurling match or a football <laughs> match there yesterday." Can, can I have the next day off? Yeah. So did you stay back? You, you took, you used up your credits for the after the county hurling final, did you? And you couldn't do it again. Oh. No, we don't. We don't have any. It's it's a little bit different here as well. Like we don't have um, course days. Like in Ireland, you can do the courses during the summer to get a few course days during the year. But for here, there's nothing. You just if you if you want a day off for an exceptional circumstance, you just have to ask for it. And that wouldn't really it wouldn't really count over here if if I said that was the exceptional circumstance. Yeah. No. So you're a, yeah. There's not a hope. So you're a teacher in London, and a lot of people listening to this will go, Jesus, have has Healy got no pull in leash? to get back uh, teaching in Port Leash or in Leash to make his life easier. But the plot thickens again that you had to go and fall in love in London and this is completely <laughs> compli- this is complicated your GA career completely. <laughs> you know you know too much about me now for this interview. Yeah, that, that, that's true. That's true, Willie. I, I suppose the, my girlfriend's from, from Italy so I suppose the stalemate we're at is I'm not moving to Rome and she's not moving to Port Leash so... <laughs> London, London is the stalemate for that at the minute. Yeah, well, I can see where she's coming from, not wanting to move to Port Leash. In fairness, in fairness to her, but like I mean, I was talking on the podcast here, Healy, after um, the football final, and I di- I didn't obviously see all of the field, but it looked like there were kind of muted celebrations, and I was making the point that Port Leash have won a lot of them, and maybe a little bit like Cara Finn and Cross McGlenn, you wouldn't see the same outpouring of emotion. And then I saw the pictures of you and Ricky Maher after the match and certainly that didn't apply to you so I didn't see you but like I mean you you had a huge outpouring of emotion because you missed all last year obviously with injury Yeah um, I suppose sure, we all know what happened against Strabley in the county final two years ago and I was playing that day you know you're kind of that was a, that was a devastating loss because we're, we're not getting another go at 10 in a row and certainly I'm not going to get another ten, go at 10 in a row so I was absolutely I was all geared up for 2017 to try put it right and then got injured and missed out the whole year so I'd missed out on them the lads winning the trophy back which was great but then even this year then I was kind of you know I still I still kind of had to put that Sabley game right in my own head and my own get the demons of that loss away so that's kind of what that was about why that one was was a bit special Yeah so you you did your cruise shit in the first round of the hurling championship so you missed out you had to watch the hurlers get relegated and you watched the footballers kind of you know win the county title back after losing to Stradbury and you weren't part of any of that so like I mean it was a complete a complete disaster and then you're over in London and we know injuries are a lonely time anyways but you're having to rehab it over in London Yeah well that's it you know I couldn't have the hurlers got relegated and that was that was a disaster and you, you're kind of I'm a kind of senior player on the team I felt nearly half guilty about them getting relegated because I felt you know I, I felt guilty about being injured and they were getting relegated and then sure I suppose as delighted as you are the poor least win and you want nothing but them to win it's not the same as playing like it's not being injured on the sideline it's just not the same as playing so the buzz just isn't the same for me personally it just it didn't feel the same so and then yeah over here in London then and you're rehabbing then you know, I, I kind of it kind of worked both ways. I was only talking to a fella about this recently, um, and we were saying like you're you're alone here for the rehab. And you can't tip into the physio with the county team twice a week or whatever, and get your feedback and updated. But then the other side of it was, I kind of had the whole year written off. So when the games were being played at the weekend, 
I didn't feel as much I was missing out. I'd kind of written it off in my head, and I was away from any kind of talk about it and that. So I get you. It kind of worked a bit. The, the the injury been here for the injury kind of worked a little bit of both ways. But I suppose the physio thing is a big thing as well, though, because without getting that constant treatment on it and being looked after, like did that lengthen the comeback? Um, I don't think so. No, my I was. I was about 10 months from the operation to getting back. So, like, you know, the kind of nine months seems to be the kind of gold standard, you know, the kind of that's the aim for most people when they do it. Um, and I got back a month after that. I don't know if it held me up a lot, but certainly there were some things. You know, I had a good physio here now, an Irish guy, Dennis Murphy, and he couldn't have been any more helpful. And he was always on the other end of the phone if I needed something. But I couldn't afford to go in and take up an hour of his time in the clinic three times a week, which you would have got in which you would have got if you were in with the county team. You could just go into the trainings and you get your feedback. You know, I kind of had to figure some, some things out myself or what isn't working here and I had to kind of adjust things myself whereas I couldn't just call in into him and get it get it sorted, you know. Right, OK. So how do you feel now? Do you, you're back at full full whack again, com, injury completely yeah, behind yeah. you and, f- you, have, you know, cardio, fitness, back up full, full, full whack again? Yeah, I think so. It was mid-July I got back. I got back for the second round of that club hurling. No, sorry, my first game back was the first round of the football championship. I come on at half time. So the knee the knee kinda of, it'd feel a bit dodgy the first maybe five, six weeks you're back, it'd be getting a bit sore and you're kinda of in your own head, you'd be kinda of worrying, you know, is it all right? But I'm completely over that now, like I don't it wouldn't even the knee wouldn't even come into me thinking now playing at all. It's yeah. one. So you're back centre back now, so you must be really enjoying that. That's where you started back in two thousand and four, you're only seventeen. Um then you yeah, were back yeah, given the nice, nightmare uh, man marking job. Nice so you're back there. There's more there's yeah. more there's more Yeah, 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 yeah. You're stuck in the corner and you've only one job to do. Yeah, it's nice it's nice to be out there. There's more of the action there and I feel you can probably influence the game a bit more from there if or if things aren't going well for you defensively you can try get on the ball and make something happen going forward and or vice versa. If something didn't happen going right going forward you can just knuckle down and try mark your man. So there's there's a bit more scope to influence the game from there anyway. I was reading a stat that I was very surprised um with after the county final. You obviously won your twelfth county title against the Dempsey's and yourself and Craig Rogers were the two oldest on the team. I couldn't believe it. Like I mean I know the two of you since you were seventeen in two thousand and four when you made your debuts and now you're the oldest. There's been some turnover. Yeah, yeah. Um I saw that stat myself now. Um I don't I don't count last year's county medal by the by. I just I didn't I had I never even trained with the team so I wouldn't put it down as um last year winning one but yeah, been the old been the oldest was um yeah, it was a bit, it felt a bit weird, you know, cuz I like you said I I kind of feel feel that way as well. I still feel young and you don't feel like you're the oldest but sure look it is what it is. I kind of I kind of got that thought it was hurling trend a few weeks ago with the club team and I looked around at the warm up and I did actually go to myself, Oh God, I am one of the oldest here. There's only maybe Tommy <laughs> Fitz and Joe Phelan. There's only maybe two or three lads keeping me making me feel young, you know. So Yeah, you'll read it's, uh, it's a weird one. When you read the Leinster Express and they say veteran Catter Healy, that's when it'll really hit home to you when you're described as a veteran. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're running out of time then. <laughs> I was looking at the team though, like, I mean, because I went back training obviously last year and this year and I was kind of amazed by the amount of new faces and I think it was after you lost that game to Stradbally, the 10 in a row, like there was some talk doing the rounds that that, you know, Port Leash team might break up now, Bruno might retire and a few other lads might retire and 
you know the dominance might break up but since then like I mean Benny Carroll Gary Saunders David Holland Kieran McAvoy Frank Flanagan Scott Lawless Chris Finn all these new young fellas have come in and the domination has continued like I mean I didn't know these young fellas were on the way up you probably did I was gone from the club for a long time Yeah I, I suppose the thing about it was there probably wasn't a lot of success underage like those those lads might not necessarily won a whole heap of minors or 21s or whatever so that's probably kind of, maybe they weren't on people's radars that way you know but you're still I think once we it's like anything if you win something and you hold on to the, the bulk of the squad and you get one or two more to add to it all the time yeah, that's kind of what, what happened there now that's a, that was a good chunk of fellas last year that were probably winning their first county medal saying that but um, that's probably why they weren't they hadn't a whole heap of medals so they weren't really kind of um, standout coming up Right. Okay. Look, they've they've added to, they've added to it. They've made a huge difference. Like they've they've driven it on, as you obviously you've seen. Yeah, and Maliki deserves a lot of credit for introducing so many of them as well and freshening the whole thing up because it, it it looks like it it has reinvigorated everybody. Oh, well, it has, and you're probably fair to say fair play to Maliki because you know the easy thing as a manager to do is probably always to pick the the experienced guy or the guy who's been there for a few years, and it's always a tough call to to put in a new guy instead of him or drop someone that you had been playing Maliki would have played with a lot of the team even still so he does have to take credit for that and um, getting the panel fresh again Like, Yeah you've won 12 or you're saying you only won 11 county titles but Rodri would have won 12 um, he 12 in the last 11 se- or 12 in the last 13 seasons or 14 se- or, or many 15 seasons playing but you've only two Leinsters uh, four, 12, 14 yeah, yeah. there's only two Leinsters in that time 2004 um, I was involved in that one in 2009 like I mean that's that's not a good record Catter like I mean whether no matter what way you look at it like you've constantly been losing to the Dublin champions which is understandable to a certain point they're so strong but at the same time it's a long long time to only win two yeah no there's there's that's that's the thing if, if it's 12 county championships in the last 15 years or whatever We've only won two out of the twelve goals we had at Leinster, so no, the, the record isn't good. It's not, we can't hide from that. Um, and there has been, I suppose, when you look back over those years, there would be some years I would have felt we left it behind us, and then there's other years we thought we were just beaten by the better team, um, and we can have no complaints. You know, I think Clinton's gave us an absolute trim in one year. We can't have any complaints; just weren't up to it. Then there's another year we kind of, you know, you lose by a point. Leinster final fifteen, maybe, and you think, "There's your what ifs." You go, "Have we left that one behind us?" You know, so. No, those ducks overall. It's not a good record. We can't hide from it. The one thing that Portlaoise always did is that they took care of the Kildare champions. They took care of the Mullen Ahoktas, the Rhodes. You know, it was the Dublin champions that Portlaoise were struggling with. And in fairness, give Dublin champions St Bridget's extra time. Should have beaten Ballyboden. Could have beaten Vincent in Tullamore. You know, got close enough to Ballymun. But last year lost to Moorfield, which was a kind of, a, I don't know, it almost seemed like a step kind of backwards um, for Port Leash. And I'm wondering, like, that obviously puts a lot of significance on this Saturday, considering you just don't want to be losing to Kildare champions a second year in a row. Yeah, yeah, well, look, that, that's fair. I suppose the, the thing about Moorfield is that was our third time playing them in Leinster Championship, and it had been. Um, it had been two real, real dogfight war games those other two times. Like, we were. Um, we were delighted to come out with a win the first two times we bet them so it was kind of we wouldn't have taken them for granted or anything last year but of course it's, it's sickening to lose you know but it's great look we have another chance again this Sunday to maybe put those demons right I didn't see the game last year I was in London I was obviously injured as we said so 
I can't comment too much on last year, but we're we're buzzing and raring to go for this this week anyway. Yeah, no, just a sickening thing. I remember watching that. It was like I mean, Portlaoise were three up with ten minutes to go, looked in looked in control, and then end up losing it with a with a goal. And then the word comes through that Rat Newer after beating St Vincent's, and it's like Jesus can't catch a break here at all. Yeah, yeah. So look, that yeah, that's one that's one way of looking at it. All right, yeah, but Murphy Murfielder um. They're fairly handy at the late comebacks because they didn't do it again in the Leinster final. You know, <laughs> they did, so yeah, they did. They're, they're, <laughs> you can't, can't, you know, you, you just have to go to the end with those boys, it seems. Yeah, no, definitely. Come here. Um, has Eddie Brennan been in contact with you? Um, yeah, Eddie Brennan rang me. Uh, I spoke to him maybe the week before the county hurling final, and I spoke to John Suru maybe the week after the county football final. Right, and so what's the story? Are so, you who are you going with this year? You've been committing with the Leash yeah. hurlers for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, honestly, I haven't decided yet. I'm kind of fifty-fifty split down the middle. You know, I kind of love the hurling and I, I want to play. I love the game, and I feel a loyalty towards a lot of the hurlers in there. But then there's since I finished up with the football five or six years ago, I kind of have an itch to to kind of prove myself. I feel I never proved myself as a county footballer, so I'm kind of um, I'm stuck in the middle on the on it on it at the minute. You know, I don't really know what to do. Right, okay, and are, bo- are both fellas open to duel, or is that out of the question for you, considering your, I, where I, you're living? Yeah, I never even mentioned it to them, I would never come up in either of the conversations. Now, the conversations were very general, you know, like, because they, to be fair to them, they've been, they've been very sound saying, look, focus on your club championship, don't worry about um, giving an answer one way or another, you know, you've got to focus on the club championship first, so uh, I didn't mention duel, and I don't think, I think the way everything's condensed now, I think that day is definitely. I think it's put to bed now because is it is there a lot of league games clashing? Yeah, yeah. And the whole month, of, the whole the whole month of May is about five hurling games or four hurling games or something in the Joe McDonough, which would probably mean there'd be a clash with a Leinster football championship as well. So it's probably just. And if I'm over here, it probably makes it even less feasible. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely one or the other. I don't think you can don't think you can do anything about that. Just want to give you a mention because you're obviously a big hurling man, and Portlaoise hurlers haven't had too much to to sing about since 2004. Um, won the senior A this year, surprisingly relegated last year. And I, I was looking at it. You were outsiders to beat Glen Ely. They made the intermediate all Ireland final last year, or was it Leinster final last year against Ballyragget? So, like, I mean, final, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're outsiders going into that. I didn't have you as outsiders, but it was an important win, and it'd be nice to get a provincial title. That's sure, it'd, it'd be class, you know. Like, look, obviously, Portlaoise hurling as a club, you know, we didn't want to be an intermediate. Um, in leash, you know, but it, we're delighted to we're delighted to have won it and come straight back up. That was a real big win for us, and we're 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 going to give it our best shot at Leinster anyway. Like we were, um, we knew we knew like like you said, Glenelg were in the Leinster final last year, and then he lost to Bally Ragged to Kenny Champions by a point. So we knew we knew they were they were going to be good. So we were up for it, and it turned out to be the dog fight we expected. So they're kind of always sweet when you win those ones in the muck and the rain, you know. Yeah, down in Ockram, not an easy place to go, as we all know. Or this is this leash, this leash curse that's supposedly <laughs> down there, yeah, yeah. Thirty, thirty, whatever years it is later. Come here. What's finally? What's your plans for the weekend? What's your travel arrangements? Uh, I think I'm flying in Friday. You land in Dublin Friday night, maybe nine or ten o'clock, and uh, then fly back out of heat or fly back out of Dublin Sunday night then about 9 o'clock I'd say I'd have to check up the exact details but in on a Friday night out on a Sunday night in and out on a Monday morning and they'll do some yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. do some training session Saturday I'm sure just to loosen up or whatever you have a group session um, or? I don't know I don't know do we have a plan 
meeting session now. I'm not sure. I, I don't. If I'm being honest, Willie, when the group messages come through saying the schedule, I kind of don't pay attention to it because I'm not there either way. So. Right, you have it on, you have so, it on mute. Maybe cut, cut that bit out in case. <laughs> I'd say you'll be safe enough. You'll be starting one way or another. Come here, Carr. Thanks very much for taking the call. Best of luck yeah. against Moorfield. Thanks, Willie. No bother at all. Conan Doherty was a fantastic analyst and I mean I really heed what he would say in your programme I think, I think Tyrone are going to win I'm going to go with them I, as much as I, I predicted Dublin to win the All-Ireland at the start of the year I just think Tyrone are going too well they're unaffected by the other team too well set up I think they've been preparing for Dublin for two years they're ready for them I'm, I'm going to go with them you know. Alright lads, so there's good uh, matches at the weekend as well. They're all on Sunday the 11th of November. So there's a full round of Leinster club quarterfinals. So the first one is Dunboyne Mead versus Kilmacook Crokes of Dublin. So like I mean, Mead clubs don't cover themselves in glory in the Leinster club. They haven't been strong in a long time. Dunshockland won it, I think it was 2001. They were the last time a Mead team has won it and they've had four winners of the competition ever. So, like, I mean, when you consider how strong Mead were during the 80s and 90s, it's a very weird one. Like, I mean, that tradition just isn't there. Kilmacook Crokes have won it four times. They won the all in Club twice. They're a real superpower. We know that. But still, Mead versus, uh, Mead versus Dublin will still be close enough. Remember, in 2008, the year St. Vincent's won the All-Ireland Club, they beat Nemo in the final. They beat us in the Leinster semi-final. And the game before that, they went and played the Mead champions, which was... Um, oh, maybe Navin O'Matney's or something like that and they scraped over them by a mm. point before they beat us and then they beat us well so going away to Navin to play the Mead Champions yeah. basically is not necessarily a done deal so that's in Park Talton at 1.30 um, then the next one is like I was talking to Catter about this is Moorfield versus Portleash this is in Newbridge at one thirty. Moorfield have won it twice in their history 2006 and last year never won the All-Ireland Portleash have won it seven times they're record winners along with St. Vincent's St. Vincent's though have won three All-Ireland clubs Portleash have only won one and that's a big kind of blot on the Portleash and like I was talking to Catter he has 11, 12 county titles he's 11 um, he didn't count last year because he was injured and he's only two Leinster clubs so that's not mm. a good record for Portleash they've struggled like I mean do you remember the Leinster final against Ballyboden like uh, Paul Catalan missing that last free just mm. to level it and so that was the year that Ballyboden won it Ballyboden yeah, won the All-Ireland yeah, yeah. they lost to Vincent's by it was a point in it into injury time Vincent's got a late, two late points to win by three uh, Portleash went up ahead in that second mm. half well in that game Vincent's won the All-Ireland that year ah. they, they lost to Bally Mun Kickhams by three in where was that in Mullingar and Bally Mun got to the final and should have beaten Bridges do you know it was yeah. so bloody close so close to these against St Bridges that year they lost to Gary Castle they beat Portleash after extra time um, I was playing that day so like I mean they're so close just but continually losing to the Dublin champions just isn't good enough either because Portleash should be able to you know beat them and now they're back into the Leinster club again lost to Moorfield last year and as far as I'm concerned, they simply have to beat Moorfield at the weekend. And that's the reality of it. Or else Portleash are slipping back into the Moorfield Road, Mullinahokta standard, who all beat each other and yeah. lose to the Dublin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Portleash always took care of mm. these lads. Always took care of these these teams. And then, 
you would say weren't good enough to beat Dublin or were unlucky to beat Dublin but like I mean they could slip off that radar if they're not careful that's uh, all I'd say on that Have they been just unlucky to keep meeting the Dublin team I suppose you have to beat the Dublin team You have team to beat to them yeah. Yeah. This is the sickener with last year Sherrat New beat Vincent's yeah. and this word <laughs> is coming true as Portley's throw, throw away a three yeah. point lead against, against uh, Moorfield who go on to win it Oh Christ, we're sick of it. Like the amount of lads you just meet coming out, and everyone's just shaking their heads at the at throwing away the lead, and then hearing the result from uh, thinking of the heartbreak we've had. We beat Kilmacud Crokes in the Leinster semi-final in 04 and that's the last time we've beat the Dublin. We've beaten the Dublin champions. The subs so. had a smile on their face. Yeah. After the <laughs> I I'd like to backtrack off those subs comments, but I just can't. I can't. I can't. Um, I can't do it. Right, Road uh, play Mulna Hakta. Mulna Hakta actually our third favourites to win the Leinster Club behind uh, Kilmacud and Portleash so they play off a road in Tullamore at half one all these matches are a half one I'm not sure why it's such an early start It's a, if I'm being honest it's a bit of a pain in the arse like I mean when do you get the dinner <laughs> <laughs> but seriously logistically when are you meant to have the Sunday dinner like I'm going to Newbridge now on Sunday and the oh you mean for a supporter no. <laughs> I thought you were thinking about the player when's no, he going to have to have brunch now will you so oh brunch <laughs> give me a break that should be outlawed no I think uh, brunch is a disgrace you, br- you, you have breakfast or you have lunch this you're brunch, the home of the brunch in Dublin it's a Southside Dublin nonsense oh, do it. it's he's talking about start opening for brunch on a Sunday I'm like stop going no next, said, next time we'll have a load of subs in here <laughs> yeah a load of subs right uh, so that's a big one Mulna Hockta have never won it Road um, have lost five finals since 2006 so they really have been the nearly men they've lost to Moorfield Kilmacud twice and St Vincent's twice and this road team now is not of the level of some of the road teams over that last ten, uh, last ten years so like I mean I'd fancy Mulna Hock to maybe to beat them other one in the Leinster Club is Newtown Blues from Loud versus A-Rogue Carlo um, you might be a bit too young to remember A-Rogue's brilliant uh, run in the 90s lads and you're obviously not from Leinster as well but they were the talk of Leinster um, back in the 90s they won the Leinster Club in 92 93 95 96 and 98 never won the All-Ireland uh, lost to a Donovan Rossa after replay in the 92-93 one which was their first ever one and you're thinking right this and you know they might win another one they I'm sure they had won it no never, yeah. won the, never won the All-Ireland which was heartbreaking for them they lost to Lone Rangers well in 95-96 so they got to two finals lost three All-Ireland semi-finals but they dominated um, they dominated Leinster Club football absolutely dominated had a brilliant team so like I mean that's a toss up for me to, I haven't seen the odds on that actually but it's a toss up as far as I'm concerned Connacht Clubs semi-finals Aho Willen from Leitrim play Ballantubber of Mayo that's in Carrick and Shannon um, and that's at 2 o'clock a lot more reasonable in Connacht you could have the dinner and stroll <laughs> up maybe have an early dinner at half 12 plenty of places in Carrick and Shannon too plenty, yeah. <laughs> but like I mean Sunday dinner is a b- you should don't be messing with Sunday dinner <laughs> right that's that starts at 1 o'clock and you'll finish so what's your ideal time for the Sunday half what? 3 the county final time right okay. county final time 3 o'clock there's no reason why you couldn't have half 1 is outrageous well, what's your time for dinner though one like o'clock. One, one o'clock. On a Sunday, half one, one to half one. On and you couldn't have it at four after the yeah. game, or is that too? Jeez, you're looking at me like it's way too late. Like it's <laughs> so what, what do you do now? Too in late the in the Parkinson house, lads. <laughs> it's too late in the Parkinson house. It just doesn't fit. The Sunday roast dinner does not fit at any time outside of one half one. Um, Clonagale, Ross Common play Corrafin and Galway. That's probably the, one of the one of the ties of the weekend. I think Moorfield um, against Portleash and Clonagale against Corrafin are probably. Although Road Mulna Hockta will be a good one. Um, 
you know that's going to be a good one as well so that's in Dr Hyde Park at 2 o'clock Munster Club matches Denier Waterford play Milltown Malbay and Clare that's in Farher Field at half one. They're all at half one. <laughs> I wonder, do you have a theory on why they're so early, lads? Or does this doesn't seem to bother either of the two of you? And to do with, with travelling home within the, with the, you know, it gets dark now at five o'clock or something like that. So when people, I, yeah. maybe that's it. Maybe if it goes to extra time and mm. you don't have lights, maybe something like that. Three p.m. in Ulster, I see here, boy. <laughs> there you go. They're always <laughs> one step ahead. So Doctor <laughs> Croaks plays Saint Finbar. So that's another big game this weekend. Again at half one. Um, St Finbars are an interesting enough one they've won nine, cl- nine, nine county titles they've four Munster clubs so if you look at Port Leash having won t- uh, 12 and only two Leinster clubs you're looking at one uh, two, one sixth you know what I mean yeah. so you're running under under 20% there these are nearly at 50% under Munster clubs from county titles and out of the four Munster clubs they've won they've won three All-Irelands yeah, 75% on Munsters to All-Irelands that's sensational isn't it like I mean they're really making the Port Leash have I think Port Leash have 35 county titles Finbars have nine three All-Irelands and four uh, Munster that's clubs yeah. Yeah. so like I mean just because of that you give them some chance we know Nemo Rangers beat Dr Crokes last year but like I mean I doubt Dr Crokes are going to get beaten by the enemy two years in a row um, Ulster Club Senior Hurling Championship Final Bally Cran who shocked Slock Nail at the or in the last round they play Cushendall Cushendall have won it ten times they're the leaders of the Ulster Club Hurling with Coo Cullens of Dunloy who haven't won it in a while so Bally Cran have won it three times last time they won it in 93 they were hammered in the final in 2011 by Lockale Shamrock so you'd imagine Cush and Dahl are going to win that, in that, win that one there's another intermediate Ulster Club final between Keady and St Gauls and there's an Ulster Junior final between Castle Blaney from Monaghan and Cush and Dunn of Antrim have I got pronunciations all right I think yeah. she's no messing and rolling off the tongue <laughs> yeah. and I hadn't proofread I, no, I have to tell anyone this I proofread nothing and the proof of, <laughs> the, pr- <laughs> the proof of that is in the pronunciation um, but that's it lads so that's always time for this week so thanks to everyone for watching on YouTube and we'll be back on Monday as usual and we'll review the weekend's action talk to you then good luck Yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.